All right. Hello. Um, I appreciate Hi. everyone tuning in and everything. Um, I really hope that you watched episode zero so that you sort of know what's going on. If not, don't worry about it. You know, that, that episode is sort of just to um, set the foundation of what we're going to be doing and everything. Uh, we have a really good friend of mine on today. Um, would you like to introduce yourself? You know, you could name or moniker or, uh, you know, any, anything that you think is important to know about, like, you before we, like, introduce you myself? Um, my name is Kay. <laughs> That's all I really have. Um, Mason's just been one of my best friends for almost five years now. That's crazy, crazy to Time think about. Flies, dude. Um, crazy to think about. Well, Kay, I'll have you know that outside of my friend Shay, who helped me with the, the first episode because I didn't want to just be talking to myself, you're going to be officially the first person we've had on to introduce content and, like, chat with ideas and everything. So, you know, this is still going to be very, like, fluid and like we're gonna try to um address all of the things that you want to talk about and stuff and if there is anything throughout the the taping or anything that you think would improve things i'm super open to feedback please you know let me know what works well for you what you think we could do to do better and everything like that okay okay and i'm just super excited to be here yeah no i'm super glad to have you on i think you're gonna be a great like first like person to have on here and everything and i, I really hope that you know we oh, represent so your sweet. stuff well thank you no i really try um <laughs> So, yeah, like Kay said, uh, we've been friends for a long time now. Um, I met them back in college, and we hit it off really well. And, you know, I think you're going to be a, a great guest to have on. You have super good taste in, like, media and stuff. And I think that anyone that, like, watches along or follows along will totally agree. Um, you know, obviously, we have differences in certain things that we like and value and stuff. But, like, uh, all in all, I trust anything that you would recommend. Um I haven't, like, pre-screened the two videos that you sent, though obviously I've heard the song that you have, like, sent me before, just from like, mm -hmm. my own listening and stuff, and I think everyone should at this point. Um, do you want to talk a little bit about, like, the song that you chose and everything, or do you want to listen first, or do a little bit of both? Okay, um, I'm going to rant about it for a second. If do your that, thing. The floor is okay. yours. Absolutely. That's what you're here for. Okay, yeah, so Mason was not surprised when I picked this as my song. Um... <laughs> He was just kind of like, There's nothing wrong with I it, knew you're going to pick, he's like, I knew you're going to pick Frank Ocean, which is so telling if anybody knows me. <laughs> um, but I, okay, so just like diving into this, like one of the reasons I picked this song and it's Nights by Frank Ocean um, is because like, I feel like it beautifully encompasses like what Frank Ocean is trying to do with his work. Mm -hmm. um and what he has tried to do with his work like all throughout this time um mm -hmm. because like before so a little bit about frank question before he um started well he was making music but he wanted to be an english teacher and he was going to university um in new orleans for that mm -hmm. um but then when katrina hit it destroyed his studio and he dropped out of college and went to texas for a little bit and then ultimately went to la but um, the whole point of that is, like, because he was trying to be, um, he was really um, into English, he was really into symbolism, mm -hmm. he was really into, like, poetry, he yeah. loved poetry. And you can and hear I think that, that shows songs, a lot. you know? Yeah, it shows a lot in his lyricism and how he writes, but just, like, he thinks so much into these albums, and yeah. he thinks so much into these songs, like, symbolically, like... Um, and how he wants them to be kind of a representation for, like, who he is and, like, so other people can connect to him. And just, like, um, 
he really embodies like this element of truth like he's really mm-hmm. like wants to be like transparent vulnerable truthful and like deal with like more of kind of like the taboo feelings and stuff that people don't really like getting into like mm-hmm. they're not super comfortable all the time yeah kind of thing um and just like what's crazy is the song is in the middle of blonde mm-hmm. um and it's at, at, at the um it's directly in the middle right so yeah. it cuts this album into two segments mm-hmm. um and the first segment of the album is supposed to represent like um nostalgia there's like this like beauty around like falling in love like how like an innocence almost and then like after the um switch change in nights the mm-hmm. entire album goes from this beautiful feeling and like euphoria and nostalgia and like hopefulness and love to just like growing up and like mm-hmm. kind of like realizing like um like the more painful sides of that right and mm-hmm. just like kind of like just um it's the maturing of like hope and love and like coming to like a more of a realistic approach to it and like it splits the as i said it splits the album to two 30 minute segments and this switch the switch change in the song happens at three minutes and 30 seconds mm-hmm. so there's like a lot with like numbers and stuff there as well yeah but i really love that about that and like while you listen to it like definitely pay attention to the switch the switch change um because like this is something that um is used sometimes like you first one of the first like big like times this was used was in ordinary pain by stevie wonder which is somebody that frank ocean really looks up to and you can see that in the song close to you because he takes a sample from stevie wonder and Mm -hmm. that's sampled originally from the carpenters right Mm -hmm. um but he does the same thing and the reason why like nights provokes like such an emotional response like with with this switch change um is because it has like the swelling tone underneath of it and then it kind of like catches you by surprise so like um there's a term for this as well Mm-hmm. but if i can find it um yeah but anyways like it just oh let me find it i have it here somewhere yeah you're good um well while you're Sorry. going through that can i just ask a quick question yeah of course uh do you think that uh you said that he went to college in new orleans right yeah mm-hmm. do you think that was like part of the reason that like uh he was like a big wayne fan also uh i know he mentions on i'm, I'm gonna mispronounce this Ac- acura integral is that uh i'll make a wheezy fan out of you too was that was that my <laughs> you would you would bring it back to uh-huh. wait well, to orleans what else yeah. can i do no i'm kidding i'm kidding but um yeah i think that he is and you see like a lot of different inspiration throughout all of his work and even like his name mm-hmm. like he picked his name because of frank sinatra and ocean's oh, cool. 11 yeah which is like super cool um but yeah i think so he like does have like a lot of like references to like other people like throughout Mm -hmm. his work um normally people like like stevie wonder and such like that but like i think he does like really like recognize everybody for like their value in the music industry and like what they bring to the table yeah no i totally agree i think that frank ocean is like like I said before we were, like, recording and everything, I think that, um, like, generationally and culturally, he's huge, like, in terms of, like, 
obviously the music that he makes is incredible but like he is like a person and like the influence and impact that he has on like the people that he works with is like he he is very genuine and authentic you know like I, i think that's something that the industry like often lacks and i think frank ocean does a really good job of like speaking his own existence you know what i mean like he's he's yeah which is like why it's so cool that like he um you know like he doesn't like a lot of like attention like Mm -hmm. like that's why he doesn't have like a lot of social media and he doesn't do a lot of interviews like there's only very like small handful of things yeah and like actually the symbolism for blonde Mm -hmm. like he's covering his face um and the album cover because it's like that's what he's keeping private like but yeah. you still see all of him like he's he like you can imply like that he's or like that's he cool. looks naked you know like yeah, his shirts yeah. off and stuff so it's like there are parts of him that are still very vulnerable like his mm-hmm. heart and chest and stuff but then he's like covering his face because he keeps that away and i think that's just because he's seen he's seen like what fame has done to people and such and yeah. he like has said before it's never been about him it's been about like the music and yeah. the creative aspect of it and he does try to keep himself um in an atmosphere feel um in an atmosphere that doesn't have any distractions where he can like let his creativity flourish yeah because he's not trying to make hits he's not trying to he's trying to express himself and that's why i feel like you get this like such an experimental like vibe from him too Mm -hmm. um it's just because like He's not trying to do like the norm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and he really did set a precedent for like a lot of different oh, yeah. music and stuff. Yeah, and um, the term I was talking about before is called musical frisson, and it's when like something happens that's unexpected, so it creates an emotional response, like neurologically, mm-hmm. like, and there, um, and then after like Frank Ocean uses this a lot. He uses it in pyramids um, as well, but it's a different like. It's a different um, vibe, right? Because yeah, Pyramids does, like... Yeah, Pyramids sonically does, like... In Pyramids, it's moving the story... It's moving the storyline of yeah. the album, right? Going from time period to time period. Whereas, like, in Blonde, like, Nights is going from day to night. Like, it's literally changing from, mm-hmm. like, the light of things to the dark of things. Yeah. Which is super cool. That is really um, cool. Um, would you say yeah, that... But you... Sorry, go ahead. Oh, sorry, I didn't mean that. But then, but then you see, like, um, you see this technique being used a lot after this, um, I think preceding this, because, like, in New Slaves, Kanye West does it, in Sicko Mode, it moves from person to person mm-hmm. with Travis and Drake, mm-hmm. and Mad City, Kendrick does it, oh, yeah. like, and, like, you see the use of it coming out more and more in the industry, like, after him using it so much. Yeah, that's interesting. I guess I never really thought about, like, him setting that precedent but that does raise a good point that is definitely something that like you do see a lot of in not necessarily a lot of because like obviously you know the music industry is huge and it isn't necessarily like exclusive but like in like mm-hmm. his, in like his genre i don't even want to say his genre but like uh, artists similar to a frank ocean in terms of like experimental like creation and everything definitely do that a lot now and that is definitely something that you know now that you mentioned it is you know very tied into I mean- like, a lot of his work yeah and i mean he is very influential to a lot of these people like i feel like he touched a lot of these people's hearts he was Mm -hmm. very close to um a lot of people in the industry because he started as a ghost writer for like justin bieber and like (laughs) yeah you know which is crazy but um crazy well that's yeah cool um okay so then you brought up pyramids which i mentioned is like my favorite frank ocean song i haven't like really sat down and like 
ranked them, but like just in my memory, that is definitely my favorite. Um, do you think that like there is a difference in what he did with the the switching of like sounds and like elucidatory feelings between uh, knights and pyramids? In that like, not necessarily that pyramids is like. <sighs> I, I gotta watch my language here because I'm not trying to say superficial, but like external. Whereas knights is more of like a an internal like realization type thing. Is that is that making sense? Yeah, um, I can see what you're saying with that. And yes, um, I, like um, before I noted, like it's kind of moving time period from time period because yeah. Channel Orange, Channel Orange is about him telling a story, and um, the reason it's orange and it's called Channel Orange is because he has. Um, synesthesia mm -hmm. and like um, he specifically calls it like um, what is it graphomasia or something it's mm -hmm. but it's like with words and such mm -hmm. so um, channel orange is actually about the color he saw for the first when he fell in love for the first time which was the color orange because it was the summer mm -hmm. and it was his it was his first love with a man when he was 19 and so that, like, when he was 19, he was kind of exploring his sexuality, and that was the first time he fell in love, and it was with a man, and, mm -hmm. like, um, it just reminded him of the color orange. So, like, Channel Orange is more of him telling, the, like, some of the story of his life, and more, like, telling stories, yeah. and, like, whereas Blonde is more introspective, it's, like, getting in touch with his emotions, it's more, like, looking back on everything, um, yeah. And it's more like now he's grown and like now he's processed his feelings because Channel Orange, he's still so young and innocent and like coming into the industry. And Blonde is after he's kind of been already jaded by the industry because mm -hmm. Blonde, if you don't know this, was a huge revenge album. Mm -hmm. um, because his label, which was, um, what was that? Def. Mm -hmm. what? Yeah, whatever that was called. Uh, Def Jam. Def Jam. There it yeah. is. Um, his his label Def Jam basically didn't see anything in him mm -hmm. and they limited him entirely, which is why Nostalgia Ultra kind of flopped and they never counted it as one of his albums mm -hmm. for Def Jam because um, he used a lot of samples and Def Jam didn't even try to get the samples approved or anything and was basically like whatever about this whole album he poured mm -hmm. a lot into, yeah. um, which had Swim Good and Novocaine on it. And like, Novocaine's one of my um, favorites. Love that song. It's amazing. And, but Def Jam was really sleeping on him. They signed him for a two album contract. They didn't count Nostalgia Ultra. And then they took when Channel Orange blew up, he got so little of the money from that. They just mm -hmm. like bled his pockets from it. Mm -hmm. And at the time he was being sued by his father mm -hmm. and he was going through a lot. And um, then like Channel Orange was the product of um, Jay-Z was actually playing in the car in a Soldier Ultra mm -hmm. and Beyonce heard it when Jay-Z was playing it mm -hmm. and she was like who is this like I need to know who this is mm -hmm. and the next day she flew him out and started making songs with oh, him wow. and then Def Jam was like oh okay you have Beyonce's interest okay we'll like actually give you uh, some production money and push yeah. this album with Channel Orange and then after he just like really was like jaded by the industry and he didn't like his label for a lot of different reasons yeah, yeah. um yeah. And then he made he made a lot of hype around releasing a new album. And then he released on Apple exclusive. It was called Endless. Mm -hmm. And it was him putting like a bunch of hard work into building the staircase supposedly to like heaven. Mm -hmm. And like um it was just like but the whole thing is just like a silent like all you hear is like noises from him like building and he builds the staircase and it's all black and white and people are like, What is this? This was the right? video he put up? Well, 
Yes, and he, it, that, yeah. it technically counted. It technically counted as his second album under Def Jam. So after wow. that, his contract was finished. And the very next day, now that all this hype was already swelling and uh -huh. everything else, he dropped Blonde, self-titled, like wow. on his own. And so he got all the money from Blonde. It was a big like screw you to his record label, like, and, and like a lot of people call it like the finesse of the century kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That yeah, and then cool. a lot of other artists started speaking up about, like, the abuse and stuff that they, are like, the shadiness that they, like, experience with their labels. And, like, Lil Uzi was, like, one of them that mm -hmm. talked about it, like, after that and such. That's really interesting. Um, I knew some yeah. of that, but, like, I really appreciate, like, the context of it. I never knew that that video counted as, like, an album to, like, get him out of his contract and everything. But I've heard of, like, other artists doing similar things, but not to that extent. Especially when you consider, like, how, like, good Blonde was, like, and, like, impactful and how many people really resonated with it, you know what yeah. I mean? Um, yeah. So that's really and cool. how many Grammys that came, yeah. like, how many awards he's won, how, like, how many hits came from mm -hmm. it. Heck, we're even yeah. making a podcast episode about, no, I'm kidding, but, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, biggest award I can give. No, I'm, I'm kidding, I'm totally kidding. Um... <laughs> But yeah, no, I, I think that Frank deserves all of the praise that he can get, and I hope that wherever he is, he's doing well. Mm-hmm. Me too. <laughs> well, is there anything else you want to, like, preface the video with, or should we go ahead and, like, at this point, what I did with my buddy the other day was um, we just played the song, and we vibed out to it, and then we, like, talked about what we like about it, what we think makes it good, etc., etc. once, like, the song is done. Uh, is there anything else you want to preface the video with, or should we go ahead and start that? Um, maybe just that, like, yeah, themes of duality, because all a blonde is based on duality, like, mm -hmm. even the name, like, yeah. it's spelt, like, two different ways for a reason, based on gender, and, like, he really wanted this, like, whole album to encapsulate his masculine and feminine energy, mm -hmm. and, like, kind of day and night, so just, like, maybe, like, thinking about duality while listening to the song, and really, like, paying attention to the, um, the change right there at that three minute, 30 second mark. I like that, and I think that's a really good note to, um, like, leave off on before the actual video gets played and everything. Um, to everyone that's listening, if you are trying to listen along, uh, as with the other episode, I'll definitely include a link in the description and everything. Um, I think it's above, so I won't say in the description below, like, you know, like an old-school YouTuber or whatever, but um, if you're not trying to listen along to it, the video itself is 5 minutes and 7 seconds, so... Um, I'll be starting that in about 10 seconds, so just go ahead and skip about 5 minutes and 10 seconds to get to our analysis of it. Um, but other than that, uh, again, Kay, I really appreciate you for coming on and, you know, playing this. I appreciate you. Yeah, dude, of course. All right, for those listening, again, 5 minutes and 7 seconds, starting that in 3, 2, 1.
goodness, that's such a good song. Um, uh, can you hear me again? Whoops. Yep, I can. Almost started the other video on accident. That's not what I'm trying to do. Um, okay, <laughs> cool. I'm glad that you're able to hear me again. Um, so first and foremost, uh, just me personally, uh, I really like that song. Um, in general, uh, one of my favorites on Blonde for sure. Um, Nike's is also up there. Uh, mm -hmm. Future of Free. White Ferrari. Uh, oh my god, so good. Self-control. Uh, yeah. No, the whole album is fantastic, and I definitely recommend anyone who isn't familiar with it to go give that a spin as well. Um, funny story, I can remember, and this is both lame and funny, uh, I, I can remember winning a Fortnite game tonight's one time, and at that point I was like, okay, you know what, Like this is, this is phenomenal, I love this. Uh, and it was like right as the beat switch hit, and I Snapchatted it to a bunch of friends and everything, so I was real proud of that. But um, yeah, yeah, love that song though. Uh, Go ahead and give me your take on it and like how it fits into the album and anything that you think is important to note now that, you know, I, you, and the audience have, you know, listened to that in theory. Yeah, well, I just think like the song is like a huge transitionary like period for the album, mm -hmm. as well as like, like his life has just been full of a lot of, it's been full of a lot of transitions. And like he, like he sings about it because he's like, you know, working through your worst nights, like, and then he talks about like new beginnings mm -hmm. and like one of my favorite lines. And I think a lot of people relate to this, um, is that like, want to see Nirvana, but don't want to die yet yeah, yeah. line. So it's like what keeps pushing him. He's like, I know there's like this blissfulness out there somewhere. And he just like, even like so many odds were stacked against him and he yeah. just kept beating them down. Like a lot of like records and stuff because he was so experimental because he didn't do what a lot of people wanted to do mm -hmm. um he wasn't like they weren't like s trying to push him to the forefront of music but he found his th way there still yeah and like and after like after channel orange and everything in 2012 he um dropped his come out letter like mm -hmm. where he came out and he was like i'm queer you know and like yeah. um he started like and it's it's crazy too because he started like a lot of his media presence on Tumblr and like mm -hmm. where he released Nostalgia Ultra was on Tumblr mm -hmm. and stuff. Um, but yeah, he released a letter on there um, talking about how he was um, bisexual and like I think that's really hard to do as a black man in the industry mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. like it showed. I mean, like Chris um, Chris Brown jumped him yeah. for a lot of that and such. Um, but yeah, and I, I also really love the line, like, every night fucks every day up. Yeah. And every day patches the night up. Mm -hmm. Like, it's just, like, it just has this, like, beautifulness to it. Like, yeah. and emotional transparency and vulnerability, as, like, a lot of his music does. Yeah. No, I agree. Um, I think that he also touches on a lot of themes similar to, like, uh, some of my, like, favorite Cuddy stuff. Like, I think that if he and Kid Cuddy mm -hmm. aren't, like, already friends, which is entirely possible, that they would be great friends and they you know explore similar themes um you know obviously in different realms in terms of like what they have actually like put out and everything like their sounds are very different but like i, I think that they do very similar work in that regard um <laughs> but yeah no i i definitely love what frank ocean brings to the table at all times um and you know like i said earlier i hope wherever he's at he's doing well currently yeah same <laughs> same yeah. But yeah, he has a lot of importance to me and like my life and such. And I just, I love the like overwhelming message of just like, he's very much stayed true to himself through all of this. Yeah. Like, and 
which is also, I think, staying true to the fans, you know? Oh, yeah. And, like, while we wish there were more content, like, a lot of the time, like, that's never what it's truly been about, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, and you and you run a dangerous line of, like, if you continue to just, like, pump out content and everything that, like, not necessarily that it would be inauthentic or anything like that, but, like, you, you don't get the um, sincerity of it being, like, a several times in a in a decade thing you know if he's if he put out blonde every couple of years it would be like oh you know like or even annually it'd be like oh like i'm sure it would still be very good music and everything because it's frank ocean you know he's not gonna make bad music Mm -hmm. but like the it it is more special and sincere because of knowing everything that goes into it he's not he's not trying to fulfill a quota of like having to put out so much you know yeah definitely a thousand percent and I definitely think that, like, uh, you're right in the authenticity and what he brings to the table in that regard. Um, I remember when he was, he toured after Blonde, right? This was this was a few years ago that I remember this happening. I don't know if it was, like, a tour directly after, but people, like, being shocked when, like, he would tell life stories on stage or, like, cry on stage. And it's like, dude, like, mm-hmm. you, you listen to the music? Like, this is, like, his whole yeah. thing is emotional vulnerability. But, like, you know. It's I, his heart. It's his heart literally just put out on the table for everybody to see. And, like, there's, like, a beautifulness to that and authenticity. And, like, it is very emotionally moving, I think, because of all those reasons. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the... And, like... Go ahead. Funny thing is that, like, the Grammys, um, when, like, Blonde came out and stuff, Mm -hmm. like, I think they didn't want to... invite him or such and like ocean mm-hmm. ocean said um they called them out and they were like this just shows how out of, out of touch mm-hmm. um you are for young black artists mm-hmm. and like but it a lot of the reason they said like came back and said was because um he's his stage presence is awkward because he's not like he's not he's not really like an entertainer like he's, yeah, he's just he's himself up there, like, get up and do his little jokes and stuff like he's he's up there exactly yeah, yeah, yeah and they're like well he's awkward and it's not really like what people want to see like watching like the grammys or such and it's like that's just him yeah. <laughs> and a lot of people actually protested after that so yeah understandably so especially if you don't see the representation that both like culturally and impact wise like you think deserves that then like yeah, you have every mm-hmm. right to say, like, no, this clearly is not meant for, like, me and people like me kind of thing. 100%. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I love that song. I love that album. Frank Ocean is great. Um, do you have any other thoughts on it that you want to share? Um, it's just really fun to listen to when you're playing GTA and it comes on on the Blonded <laughs> Station. <laughs> yes. Yeah, nothing nothing says Grand Theft Auto life like, uh, like some Frank Ocean. No, I'm kidding, but... But no, I actually do love the Grand Theft Auto radio and everything. Um, what what was the Tyler song that was really popular on? It was it wasn't Trouble on My Mind, was it? But oh, it, I can't even remember there's, there's now. There's definitely a Tyler song on there too that I absolutely love. There was. Um, but yeah, no, uh, GTA Radio is actually really fun. I found some some bangers on that as well. But um, <laughs> yeah, no, and thank you for like introducing both Frank Ocean and that song specifically to to the podcast and to anyone who either isn't super familiar with it and like maybe they'll give it another listen or a first listen and everything i think that would be really cool um uh before we segue into like the the video that you sent me as well from midnight gospel the midnight gospel um the midnight gospel but you know um is there are there any last thoughts on like frank ocean or music in general or anything like that that you want to throw out before we like segue into that um not super much 
Okay. I think I like encapsulated everything I kind of wanted to say. Um, I could honestly talk about him forever, <laughs> so it's a slippery slope. <laughs> <laughs> Understandably so, though. Um, no, for sure. And like, uh, you know, I, I said this to Shay, and I, I extend the same to you. You're welcome on here literally anytime, and we can talk about Frank Ocean anytime that you want. Genuinely, um, <laughs> you know, you're you're a fun person to be around, and I I hope that you know you're enjoying the experience so far, and that I'm like representing what you were hoping to get out of this at this point. Of course. I appreciate Great. you very much. Yeah, of course. Um, and the other video that we're going to go through is just a minute 22. Uh, it is on YouTube, You Cry, The Midnight Gospel. Do you want to give us a little bit of context on The Midnight? I actually have not watched The Midnight Gospel, though I've had a couple of people recommend it to me, you yourself included. Um, and I definitely do intend to get around to it, but like, I just have so many things that I'm trying to watch, and that's a lame excuse. But yeah. Um, but yeah, go ahead and give us some context on what the Midnight Gospel is, why you chose this clip, and what you hope people get from it and stuff. Okay, so um, the Midnight Gospel is an animated series. Like, it's a cartoon, mm -hmm. um, but it's made. The animation is um, Pendleton Ward, which, if that name sounds familiar, it's because he worked on Adventure Time. Makes sense. Um, and created, like, Finn and Jake and that whole the whole universe um well. but it's but it's um main protagonist and the person who's voicing it and everything is duncan truffle and he's a comedian that has a podcast called family hour mm -hmm. um and a lot of these are actually just excerpts from the podcast mm -hmm. and pendleton ward just animated them and i think coming into it it just looks like a very light-hearted cartoon yeah but there's a lot of like existentialism to it and like a lot of talking to people who have backgrounds on the topics he's talking about there's a lot of spiritual aspects um yeah. there's a lot of like concepts of life and death and like addiction and like all these other topics and this is um actually the last episode for the series and this is just a small segment of the episode but i think it's the most powerful one and, um, but it's not really a spoiler because the series doesn't have like a plot or storyline. Um, it's very episodic. Mm -hmm. Um, and in this episode, um, heavy topic, but, um, he, ta he's talking to his mother. So his mother is actually his podcast guest on family hour mm -hmm. and, um, it starts off very lighthearted and they're talking about like how he was born and like, they're kind of like joking back and forth in like a lovingly way with each other and kind of just like talking about life and then he introduces the fact that she actually has stage four cancer Oof. um it's it was a breast a metastatic breast cancer mm -hmm. um and that like when she first called him four years ago to tell him she only had like six months to live or so mm -hmm. now it's four years later and she's still they keep telling her like she only has so long to live mm -hmm. so she's really had to confront the idea of death and she talks about what that means to her mm -hmm. and we can talk we can touch more on that after the segment yeah, before, but this okay. is like basically like this part is basically like him asking like well how do you deal with the heartbreak of death and such yeah. and i just think it's a very moving like this part is very moving um and that's why i picked it yeah um and if you haven't like if people haven't seen the midnight gospel they should definitely watch it um there's so much to think about from it um there's so much just transparency and honesty i guess we're kind of touching on those themes today yeah. and just like vulnerability with it mm -hmm. and i think it's like super beautiful um just to hear all of these different people's opinions and all of these different huge life concepts that i feel like are very unpleasant for everybody to deal with but we all deal with them and experience them 
Yeah, absolutely. And I think that a couple of things from, from what you just said. Uh, I really like that um, not only is the, the, are the two things that you've brought up like connected thematically, like on vulnerability, on openness, things like that. Mm -hmm. um, I like that you did that a lot because both um, that leads to, you know, a, a, a good episode for us. Like, I think that being able to tie things together is really important because, you know, like you can you can get more out of it if there's like an overarching message. And uh, I think that it, much as I said with like comedy and stuff in the other episode, like animation does get a lot of license to um, explore more. Not necessarily because it's not taken seriously because like, like I think that depends on who's like interpreting it and everything. But like it, it not being rooted in like hard reality sitcom style like lets you be more creative and like introduce yeah. concepts that otherwise might either be... Uh, not that they're not heavy inherently, but like, you know, a lot of people are uncomfortable by those ideas. So, you know, like, yeah, I think that animation I is think, really good for that. Go ahead. And I think we're reaching like a really cool point in animation, which like it's always been there, but mm -hmm. I think it's coming more to the forefront of mm -hmm. like just that. I'm just like um, these shows that look very like hard to just touching on these very deep things and like allowing you to process it in a way that like... Um, it's like a, just a very creative way and i think that it does like express all of like the creativeness that there is behind all these feelings and it like shows what you're feeling and it like puts it on a screen yeah and like they do this super well with midnight gospel because they use a lot of elements of contrast mm -hmm. like they to like draw your eye to things and different things and like um like a, a lot of this like episode that we're watching now it's mm -hmm. like the backgrounds are more calming and like um they like really make you focus in on the like um duncan truffle and his mother um whereas a lot of the other episodes there's a lot of chaos going on around and they're kind of just like going through their like day-to-day -day having this serious conversation but this one like you can really see like the elements of art and like what they do to the message and mm -hmm. i think it's really cool to like watch that and like think about that while you're watching yeah that's a really good segue into the actual video itself. But before we begin, do you have any other info that you want to share on it or anything that like we haven't covered that you think would be relevant to the people who are watching, like myself, who um, may not be super familiar with this? Um, not super much. I think, um, yeah, I think we touched on that a bit um, mm -hmm. and prefaced it pretty good. I think it's a good time. Okay, cool. Um, well, like I said to the people who are listening along or maybe interested in checking it out, the video is You Cry, The Midnight Gospel. Um, it's on YouTube, and I'll share the link and everything. Um, it's a minute 22 long, so if you're not interested in like listening along or just want our analysis and everything, uh, just skip about a minute and a half from when I give the countdown and everything, and you'll hear us pick back up. Um, it's interesting that you chose this clip. It's only got like 53,000 views, which is kind of crazy. But um, I'm, I'm sure that other like segments of it and everything have more because it looked like there were a couple of uh, renditions of it. But um, mm -hmm. OK, well, without too much further delay, we will be starting that in just a few seconds. Uh, we'll go ahead and three, two, one. K, can you hear that? This is that saying, and I don't know where it comes from. But no, okay. but you're also not screaming. Here, let me turn it up a little. And is that any better? Meditation is um, you're not streaming. Oh, I'm not streaming. Oh, whoops. Okay, <laughs> let me go ahead and... If you're still listening along, just one second. I have the wrong window pulled up. Let's see here. We'll <laughs> you can probably add that out, too, if you want. Okay, I'll, I'll figure it out. We'll, we'll get it sorted. We're, we're working out the bugs. But, uh, okay, cool. All right. Uh, a minute 22 from this countdown. You can see it now? Yep. Okay, perfect. Going to go ahead in three, two, one. Can you also hear it?
Okay. Um. Wow, that was really good. Um. Okay, the stream should be gone now. Yeah. Uh, and can yeah, you hear me? Um, a minute and twenty. Yep. Okay. Cool. I'm sorry. You were saying I, it, it got a little fuzzy there. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, like, it's only a minute and so long, and you see, like, a lot of the elements of what they're talking about, like, in that episode, which is just, like, how our egos personalize death so much, mm -hmm. and just, like, how it's just the honesty of it all, like, it just happens, and mm -hmm. actually, like, kind of a bummer now, um, his, his mom actually passed away, um, two mm -hmm. weeks after the podcast, so I think that adds a specialness to it. And also the sense that it's his actual mother he's talking to and um, the just, like, authenticity of that. Yeah. But also, like, I think she was my favorite guest of the entire series. And, like, all the other people are, like, experts in what they do. They have a lot to say and they're so, they're so interesting and lovely and everything else. But just, like, to hear her thoughts on everything and how she's had to cope and process with things mm -hmm. um, and how she is still, like, such this, like, like this bright light and she just talks about like a lot of it is just like she wants people to like be in the present moment and be here now and just like process heartbreak and like i really love the line when they're talking about like meditation is preparation for death mm -hmm. and such um and she just really has made peace with the fact that there's no control over like a lot of that and sometimes you just have to like let go of control and just allow things to happen and like when you do that like um it's easier on yourself yeah. you know like if you're stopped in traffic and you're like you can either be like okay well i'm gonna be late and just mm -hmm. accept you're gonna be late and just like listen to the music at the time and just like you know just be like it is what it is kind of thing mm -hmm. um versus like getting really angry and like cussing people out because it's not gonna get you there any faster right so it's just yeah. like um it's super interesting to hear all of her thoughts on it and she does like provide like tricks to be in the present moment like she's like at one point she's like just like look at your hand and try to feel your hands like just mm -hmm. yeah and yeah no that makes a lot of sense and i i really like the art style to it as well i think it's interesting that like uh the way that they portrayed him in that situation like he looks like you know sort of disheveled and like not uh, not sickly per se but like it it very much like physically represents like a lot of the like stuff that was probably going on with him mentally as well like like you said this is yeah. about like the trauma of like losing his mother and everything which, like... yeah. yeah and the episode actually starts out um with him being a baby and like asking her to be on the podcast and then like through the episode he grows yeah like alongside talking with her yeah um yeah and i think that like it's just like super impactful mm -hmm. um and she like there's also this other really good thing that she says th um and another part where she's talking about like you can't control when the houses are going to get knocked down like she's just talking about like when your house gets knocked down you can't control it but like you can look back on it and like realize those were transformative moments for you yeah and she just talks about how like death is like the greatest run in with the truth yeah. and yeah and also like she talks about how like things like this like break your heart open and they hurt but like um that doesn't always feel like that because like when your heart's broken open it like allows you to experience like more love yeah no absolutely and like 
you can really grow through things like that, even if, you know, it's not something that, though inevitable, is never, like, easy. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's still a lot to... I, I mean, it is almost inherently transformative for the people who survive, you know? Yeah. No, that was really good. A thousand percent. I'm definitely going to watch that. That was really cool. Um, yeah, no, I feel like I've seen an episode or two of that before, but I can't, like, quite remember when or where or anything, but... Uh, definitely is on my radar, and I will definitely let you know when I do end up getting around to that one, okay? Yeah, and it's definitely worth, um, everybody just giving a try. Um, it might put you in a little bit of an existential crisis, <laughs> but, like, maybe it's, maybe it's needed, you know? Yeah, no, absolutely, and some of the best, like, media, especially even in animation, will do that. I mean, like, you've, your BoJack Horsemans and everything, and even Adventure Time, which you said this is, like, yeah. from a similar, like, creator or the same creator. Yeah, Pendleton Ward is who created Adventure Time, and he does all the animation stuff for mm -hmm. um, Midnight Gospel. And yeah, like even Adventure Time gets super deep. Yeah, and uh, you know it, but I almost did for this episode, um, the BoJack Horseman, the view episode, the view from halfway yeah. down. So good! Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, uh, a buddy of mine, and, uh, RP, who's also in this Discord, uh, actually was the one who showed me the view from halfway down originally. Who? Mm -hmm. That's a tough one. It's so tough. And um, I feel like, again, it touches on that topic we were kind of talking about earlier, where it's like, like a lot of that is coming to the forefront of animation. Yeah. And I just think that's really um, necessary and cool because like, I mean, like as a society, we're told, like, I feel like a lot to like bury down our emotions, right? Because mm -hmm. like, you can't go through a nine to five work week if you're like constantly trying to process like your real life and like yeah. what's important to you, you know? Yeah. Like, there's like a huge like like there's a lot of stuff that people don't talk about and i feel like it would be healthy to talk about and just like listen to each other and like process and like have these deep conversations with one another um but it can feel so like vulnerable and personal and just like mm -hmm. um anxiety inducing at times you know but i think it's like super necessary and i think like bringing these concepts to the people around you that like love you and care for you and such like i feel like it can be a very like healing and like learning experience and i think that's like where you have like the most connection with people because again we like all feel these dark deep scary things and mm -hmm. we think that they're so personal but like everyone's experiencing it around you like everyone's had to feel that at some point or is feeling that and i think it's just like um important more that we talk about the more like kind of like taboo feelings i guess yeah no absolutely and like first i find it unfortunate that things like that like in discussion and in like just general feelings are taboo because like like you said it's a very human experience like it's it, mm -hmm. it honestly like through things like that it's some of the best ways to like understand one another in a in a grander like like sense of existence you know what i mean existentially i think that that is really important to um be able to like connect with another person like on a hey i i empathize i sympathize i understand those feelings obviously to a certain extent because you know every yeah. person feels differently but you know uh I, yeah, and, I, and I think that very like personalized. yeah and i think that like talking those things with others would be like super beneficial i mean we clearly like societally and individually have a lot of struggles with like uh, humanity and like like the concept of like existence and everything but you know, maybe maybe watching the Midnight Gospel would help us, you know, come to terms with some of those things. Yeah, and, and I know, I I think it, honestly it would, like, I, you know, like I yeah. think it would, and I think like, just like I feel like um, with a lot of everything that's going on and at any time point in time in history, like mm -hmm. um, just like community and connection is such an important thing, and I 
feel like um, you build that by being like honest and like connecting like and I feel like this is like the most honest and like one of the most honest and vulnerable conversations you can have with somebody and like connect with them Mm -hmm. I feel like it really like humanizes us and like brings us down to a level and like makes you think like what's really important like what you want to be doing and like how like other people around you are feeling and I feel like it creates a sense of empathy which I think is like super needed oh yeah no I definitely feel like um like like i was saying with like the idea that these aren't like existentially like idiosyncratic like everyone feels these things like the the sense of empathy is very seldom extended in like circles outside of like people who are super close to you like obviously you know uh you you feel for those like around you and everything but on a grander scale like these are things that everyone you know experiences but you know um yeah but i i think that that would be really good for us to do is to be able to um empathize and appreciate like people especially given that like death is the topic like while they're here like so many people will share like oh i felt this way oh i you know when they if they were still here kind of thing i you know there's there's no reason that we can't celebrate those feelings while someone's like around except that we're told like to condition how we feel you know yeah and i and it's like um i think it's super important and super um interesting because like you need human connection like everybody Mm -hmm. needs human connection Mm -hmm. um to some extent whether and that varies from person to person obviously but like but like and you know a lot of cultures and stuff like people like grieve together like oh and they'll like cry together hold each other like they won't do they won't do anything for days they'll eat huge meals together and like I think it's just important to appreciate and take time for the people around you, like, while you can, Mm -hmm. like, as maybe morbid and dark as that sounds, but it's also, like, super beautiful, like, and it's not just in instances of death and stuff, but, like, even, like, just celebrating together, like, celebrating accomplishments and just, like, really connecting to other people, and, like, this is gonna sound, like, so old and cliche, like, old person of me, cliche of me, but, like, um... Although I feel like a lot of the connecting we do, and this is funny being on a podcast right now talking about this, <laughs> a lot of the connecting we do is like through phones and such now, which yeah. doesn't like lessen the value of it at all. Agreed. But a lot of it is, a lot of it's to distract, right? And it's yep. like a lot of it's to distract from these feelings yep. instead of sitting with them, processing them, and talking to others about them and making them feel less alone, you know? Mm-hmm. No, I completely agree. And I think that uh, you do raise a good point that like it isn't like necessarily superficial to like have these connections but like like, uh, but like at the same time like the nature of a lot of them is more superficial like like um Mm -hmm. it's it's easier to find like instant gratification in a in a like on instagram or a short conversation had via a group chat than it is to like you know sit in those hard feelings and everything but you know, those are yeah. those are just as important. Like it's you, you have to process those things. You know. Yeah, and it, and like technology also does a beautiful thing of allowing us all to communicate and like expose like oh, yeah. other truths and things as that. But I feel like it's like you gotta like think about how much you're like coping with it and like be like, am I spending time in the present moment? You know, like am yeah. I like going and sitting outside? Am I just am I distracting myself by scrolling through all these like five second TikToks and getting mm-hmm. a quick laugh? from like um doing something i actually want to pursue and enjoy you know yeah no i totally agree and i think that those are you know both meaningful in their own way but like 
yeah, you yeah, definitely like can't like just have the superficial TikTok scrolling forever, you know, like you do still have mm -hmm. to live your life and everything. And I think that that's a really important thing. Um, I'm sorry. I feel like I hijacked your, your episode message there at the end. And I, I want to give you the floor because no. like, we're, we're, we're hitting 54 minutes right about now. And like, I don't want to, you know, take up too, too much time and everything, but like, I, I want to give you the floor to say, you know, what makes good media, uh, what you want people to have taken out of both the, the things that you shared and this episode itself. Um, you know, if, if you have any feedback on me, you know, you're going to be getting a survey in your email. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> but like, if there's anything with the format that you're like, Hey, I think it would be cool if you did this also, or like anything else that you want to include, you know, uh, basic, basically just any like thoughts that you have on everything that we've discussed or anything else in your notes that you want to, you know, talk about, like, the, the floor is yours. Take all the time that you want, okay? Okay. Well, I think just, like, I think what makes um, good media is just, like, the creative expression and, like, exploring that as much as possible. And, like, I really like when consuming media feeling like um, I was left with something, mm -hmm. like, left with a message I'm left with something like powerful and impactful and obviously like not everything I, I consume is like that but I feel like yeah, things yeah. that really stick out with me and stick with me are like the things that have these messages or like where people are being creative and vulnerable and like trying to just express things in a different way and I think like with the song I chose and with the show I chose I feel like they're just so experimental in their own ways and yeah. it really is like the utmost like expression of creativity of like emotion and like the human soul and like um yeah and that's really all i have to say about it cool well um i think that's a really good like closing message um i i feel like this is sort of naturally progressing like i don't feel like we like are droning on on anything too much but i also don't feel like we like need mm -hmm. to continue to extend things like too too much longer um so you know yeah. I'll, uh, I'll say my closing bit and then again if there's anything you want to throw in you know say say whatever you'd like um again okay. thank you so much like really like as a as a friend not as like a podcaster and stuff like, oh. this is really cool and like i think that you know you've set a really good precedent for like people that we're going to bring on and like what we want to do and like the ideas that we sort of want to like cover and everything obviously you know like if anyone else is listening and they're interested in it they don't have to you know be thematic videos and everything and just like you said like when it comes to like media consumption and everything it's okay to like things because you like things like for example like uh yeah for example like when i was going through it with uh, my buddy the other day i was like it's okay to shut your brain off and be like no i like this movie because big explosion cargo fast type thing like you can, <laughs> yeah. you can you can do that and that's okay but like i agree that like when you like can take something from it and like not even necessarily apply it to like your individual life or to like the grander ideas that you have about existence like but, like, if you can, like, parse something in your own reality from a media, yeah, like, I think that, you know, that's that's something that's really big. I think that, you know, that is what makes uh, a good uh, bit of media. You know what I mean? Yeah, and it's so, like, comforting and, like, cathartic, even yeah. if it's, like, cathartic is such in a, a good deep word. way. I love that word. <laughs> um, um, and I, I just want to say thank you so much. Yeah, of um, course. Like... And I just, like, I enjoy, I really cherish and appreciate every conversation that we have together. But um, it was honestly so fun to sit, sit here and just, like, talk about things I'm interested in and that, like, 
Um, I know you have an interest in it as well, as well, and just like, um, yeah, it's been a super great experience, and I cherish you very much. Well, the and... feeling is mutual with that. Sorry, go ahead, I cut you off. No, that's really it. It's just like, how much I appreciate you, and this was a lot of fun. I totally agree. Well, um, we'll go ahead and wrap things up then. I will get to editing the audio and everything, and I'll text you the link to like this actual episode and stuff. Uh, but I Yay. will also be posting it and all that good stuff. Uh, do you have any like things that you want to plug? YouTube channels, you know, like, accounts online, anything that you want to like? Nah. Okay, cool. I figured as much, but you know, I always want to at least throw <laughs> extend that in case you're like, hey, yeah, check out X, Y, or Z. Um, is there any last content you want to leave the audience with of, hey, go check this out? Like I, like how I told Shay, like, you know, plug whatever you want. And he said the, the dictator speech from the Charlie Chaplin video that we watched. Um, not super much because I feel like that was a lot of midnight gospel. And I don't think <laughs> too many, like, I know that there's been like a good audience for it, but I don't think like a lot of people know it or it's like very known. So it's like, I feel like we left with kind of like, oh, go watch that. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, but yeah, I will catch up with you later and everything, Kay. I really appreciate you. I love you. I hope you have a wonderful evening, okay? I love okay? you much. You too. All right, take All right. care. <laughs>